Welcome to the Self-Worth Project. If you're ready to heal your toxic patterns, to feel good about yourself without apology, and to create a life that feels supported, juicy, and aligned, this is the podcast for you. So keep listening. Hello, gorgeous. Welcome back to another episode. It's your girl, Jen, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. If you don't know me, I'm a coach, hypnotist, and healer, and I'm really so grateful on this week of Thanksgiving. I'm really so, so grateful that you choose to spend just a little bit of time in your busy week listening to me here on this podcast. I know I have changed things up a few times, and I'm just so grateful that some of you have followed me and continued with me on this journey, and I'm just so excited to see what the next year brings us. Today, I want to talk about something I have been humming over, hawing over, and originally this was going to be a TikTok, but sometimes I start to make TikToks and I realize I just have way too much to say on a certain topic. So that is how I'm getting my podcast ideas these days, but I think that's a really great thing. TikTok has been so interesting to me and so challenging, and I just really love using it as a tool, but there are limitations, and I really just don't think people are watching the 10-minute long TikToks that often, so there's a time and a place for everything, and these longer thoughts that I have, I'm going to be sharing them here with you on this podcast. Okay, so let's get into it. Today, I want to talk to you about three things that I wish I had learned as a child when I was very young. I really wish that I'd had these three things and this would really just do so much to change my life for the better. So before we get into it, this is not an exhaustive list. (laughs) I'm sure I could keep going on this topic for quite a while, but these are the things that have come up for me the most when I thought about this. And I'm sharing them with you today because a lot of this stuff is work, well, let me just say all of this stuff is work that I've had to teach myself over, say, the last 10 years, like since my spiritual awakening. These are things that I have had to learn how to do myself. And before that time, I wasn't thinking about any of this, but that's not to say that I didn't need it. Actually, I needed it a lot. I just had no idea that there was so much missing from the human curriculum. And I think the same thing applies for many of you. We just don't know what we don't know. But after we learn what we don't know, it's like this amazing revelation. And I'm like, how can I have lived so much of my life without knowing this? For me personally, that is what drives me. And that is why I'm here sharing all of this stuff today because it's had such a profound transformation on my life. And because in the past, I look back and I see myself doing so many things, accepting behaviors, settling for situations, doing all kinds of things in my past that I just would never put up with now. And that's not to say that I'm perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I'm never coming to you from that place. I'm still 100% a work in progress. But these are some powerful lessons that I have integrated and I'm still integrating. And I wanted to share them with you here today. The first one you might have guessed because I've spoken about this quite a few times. 
between this new podcast, my old podcast, my TikToks, etc. But I really, really wish that I had learned how to manage my emotions, specifically my intense emotions. Like I said, I've spoken about this before, but just in case you're new here and you've never heard me speak on this, I was a very sensitive kid. Like I would cry all the time and I was horribly shy and I got upset very easily when I was little. And clearly my parents didn't know what to do with that. (laughs) They did not know how to help me with those emotions. So I didn't get an emotional education at all, (laughs) to put it bluntly. When I was small and I was having this kind of emotional reaction, eventually what I was, what I learned is like my parents told me, you know, you're being too sensitive, you're overreacting, you shouldn't feel like this. So what I learned from all of that is that my emotions were inconvenient, perhaps wrong, perhaps I was a little crazy. And the thing that I learned how to do was how to stuff those emotions down and not feel them and not talk about them (laughs) and not express them and definitely not let them go. Because one of the things I know now as a life coach is that emotions do not go away. If you stuff something down inside of you, it's just going to stay there and it is going to come out usually at a very inopportune moment or you're going to find yourself getting really upset or crying over something that shouldn't be that big of a deal. But what's really happening is that emotion that has been there the whole time is looking for that little break in the surface that it can come out and finally express itself. To say the least, this is not a healthy dynamic. This is not how people should be parenting their children nowadays. And there's just so much more education out there for how to parent children through their emotions. There's just a lot more of emotional awareness in people now. So when I'm speaking about all of these things, I always say I'm never blaming. We're not going back and pointing the finger, blaming anybody. I understand how this situation came up. I understand why this happened. But at the same time, I do really wish that I had learned how to deal with that because emotions are everything. You think right now that you are a logical adult and you don't have emotions, like especially men. Men think that they don't have emotions. They don't have to think about emotions. But oh my goodness, just take one look at Donald Trump. (laughs) Take one look at somebody like that and you can see the incredible emotion that that person is having and that, is trying, and that they're trying to take it out in different ways and they're trying to do different things with it, but you can see that emotion there. Emotions secretly run us. We make decisions, important decisions off of our emotions. That's what happens most of the time, actually. We make a decision, we decide to buy something, for example. We decide to buy it because of an emotion we're having And then our logical brain jumps in and explains all the reasons why, all the reasons why we did that and why that's the right thing to do. (laughs) I know I also bring up The Real Housewives on this podcast, maybe a little bit too often, but I watched an episode recently and it was The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and they were all taking a trip to Las Vegas 
and they went to Magic Mike for Crystal's birthday. <laughs> and if you don't know the show, it just it'll just just bear with me. It's only one second to explain the situation. So one of the housewives, clearly Sutton, she'd clearly wanted to go up on stage and she had her dollar bills ready. She had put on pants just to make sure she wouldn't flash anybody. Like she was ready to go up there. And when it became apparent that she was not getting called up on the stage, she had a meltdown, almost began crying, walked out of the performance and then suddenly started to say, I should not be here. I'm on some ballet committee. Like, this is so beneath me. And that, to me, was such a visual example of somebody who was having an intense emotional reaction, aka rejection in this case, and then coming back to cover it up with logic, saying, oh, no, no, I'm just, I'm above male strippers. Like, I shouldn't be here. This is beneath me. I can't believe I did this. <laughs> And it's kind of funny when you're looking at it from the outside. But of course, when you're in that situation, it does not feel funny at all. But we all do this. We are all run the same way. Like that same thing that happened to Sutton right there on the TV, that happens to all of us in one way or another. We have the emotional reaction. We do something and then we try to cover it up with logic. The logic doesn't always reflect what we did and it doesn't always make sense. And so I guess there's nothing really wrong with our brains trying to do that, but it's good to be aware that that is actually what's happening. You are actually being run by your emotions. And then you're pretending to be run by your brain, but actually it was your emotions that were in charge the whole time. Our emotions are in charge of so much. And I always think about this, like when I look at certain groups of people like adults and I just see them like, oh, we're all just children. <laughs> we're all just little kids on the playground. We're all still having those reactions, but because now we have a car and we have a mortgage and we have this big fancy career, we're pretending that we're not. We're pretending that we're something other than that, but really we're all the little kids on the playground, you know, getting upset because someone didn't play with me or getting upset because someone rejected me or getting upset because someone took my toy. <laughs> we are not nearly as far away from that as we seem, but we're getting better collectively as experiencing our emotions, talking about our emotions, expressing our emotions, getting our emotional needs met. But for me in particular, this education was lacking. And I think it's lacking in so many of us. And and this is all to say that if you're new to this world and you've never, ever done any kind of emotional intelligence work or emotional understanding of yourself, that this is your sign, that this is something very big that you need to learn how to do. And we're not going to learn how to do it in this episode, but it is something that you have the capacity to do and that I highly encourage you to do and seek out. Okay, second to that, and this is the one that I wanted to lead with, but it got me thinking about everything else. But second to that, but very similar, is the ability to take an L how to take a loss, how to go through a setback or a disappointment or a failure. So again, in my household, we didn't talk about emotions, so we definitely didn't discuss how to work through these things. My general education, like I don't really think that my parents meant to teach me this, but this is what I came up with at the end of it 
is like I felt like when I did something like that, when I had a failure, a disappointment, a mistake, something like that, I felt intense shame and intense shame to which like I could not speak about it to anybody. I didn't want to talk about it with anybody. We weren't going to discuss this. We weren't going to get support around this. It just was something that we were not going to talk about. And it was such an intense place of shame that we're just going to leave it alone, (laughs) which is not a good way to teach your children how to deal with life. And it is not really... So it's not good to look at shame like that in general. Like I really think using shame as a tool is absolutely morally reprehensible. I don't think anyone should be using shame as a tool to try to control anybody, including your children. That is a different topic for another day. But teaching your children that failures or mistakes or disappointments or whatever, teaching your children that those things are completely shameful or that they will not be loved and supported after, or that they have to keep these things a big secret. These are not the life skills that your child needs. (laughs) That might be the way that you learned how to deal with it yourself. But that is not the way your child is going to have an amazing life. So these things happen. Mistakes happen, failures happen, disappointments happen. This is just a normal fact of human life. And the more that we can destigmatize it and de-shame it, the better it's going to be for everyone. And I can tell you right now that not talking about something or ignoring it or just minimizing it completely, that is not how you de-shame it. (laughs) That is how you create a whole lot of shame around it. And that is also how you can push somebody into perfectionism either perfectionism because they're so afraid of failure that they can never possibly make that same mistake again. They never, ever, ever want to deal with the idea of failing ever again. So they push them, push and push themselves to this really high level, which of course is not sustainable. And perfectionism over time is incredibly toxic because we can just never, ever, ever reach that point. Or alternately, It can do what it did to me for quite a long time, which is make me avoid challenging myself. I've spoken about that several times too. Like in my 20s, I just did not want to do anything. I did not want to push myself. I didn't really want to try. I just didn't want to put myself out there because I didn't know how to deal with loss. And that is a huge emotional lesson. Like it goes again with the emotions, but it is a whole separate important lesson that I think everybody needs to learn. We need to learn that failure is just a part of life. We need to learn and understand that successful people have a whole history of failures behind them because that is the only way they get where they want to go. And we also have to learn that failure or making mistakes, that is not something to be ashamed of and that sometimes it is a very important and crucial part of the learning process. You just cannot sit around at your house and think about what you're going to do and then go out there and do it and not learn something. Like we can only conceive of the world. It's kind of like looking at it from a 2D level. When you're just sitting at home on your sofa thinking about what you're going to do, you're not actually doing it. 
there's no possible way for you when you're doing something new or something out in the real world, like you just cannot take into account all the different variables. So we have to just learn how to deal with our own expectations, like understanding that when we've created a story for ourselves about how something should go, understanding that if that story doesn't work out, it is not a negative reflection on us. Sometimes all that means is that we just did not have that much information to go on. And the fact that we went out there and gave it a shot means now we have so much more information to take in. And we're going to do so much better the next time around. That is the way we should be looking at loss or mistakes or disappointments. We should not be teaching people to hide them away and never speak of them ever again. And finally, the last lesson that I'm going to talk about today that I wish I had learned as a kid is how to ask for what you want. That sounds so incredibly basic, but it is really something that I still struggle with for until today, until like now, (laughs) I still struggle with that. So when I was a kid, again, I had been socialized into thinking like, you know, I was the little girl helper. You know, I had to smile and do things for other people and be the nice girl. All of that little girl programming, and I'm talking about little girl programming right now, but this definitely happens to boys as well. But you're just kind of taught to put everyone else first. You're kind of culturally, socially pushed into being a people pleaser. And sometimes it even goes with some toxic ideas like, oh no, you can't talk about the good stuff you have. You can't brag. You can't get a big head. Like you can never ever think of yourself too highly because that is like one of the worst possible things you could ever do. So when you're in this sort of area of people pleasing and never, ever, ever daring to toot your own horn because God knows the world will crumble if we have a little girl who thinks highly of themselves. (laughs) That combined together is a powerful, powerful force that might make you shrink down and one day wake up to realize that you have no idea what you want and definitely no idea how to ask for it. When you are constantly socialized to look around you before you take care of yourself, that can create this thing where you don't even know how to feel about yourself. You are so conditioned on getting that approval and the compliment and whatever from somebody else that you stopped even checking in with yourself to see what it is that you want. And how wild is that? How wild is it that there could possibly be an adult out there in the world who doesn't know what they want? But that is exactly what happens to us over and over again. So not knowing what you want, of course, if you don't know what you want, you're never going to be able to ask for it. These are two separate things though, however, but not being able to ask for what you want, like that is such a deficit as an adult (laughs) it is such a deficit as an adult to go into a friendship to go into a romantic relationship to even go to your job 
If you don't know how to ask for what you want, then people are going to take advantage of you. That is the cold, harsh truth. We were taught to be the nice girls. We were taught to put everyone else first. And that might have worked in your little family environment, but that does not work in the bigger world. There are lots of people out there who are going to be more than willing to take advantage of your generosity and your kind spirit. And it's going to keep happening. You're going to be looked over for in jobs. You are going to be taken advantage of in relationships. And you are going to end up in some toxic situations with people because you didn't tell them No, you couldn't stand up for yourself. You didn't even know that this wasn't what you wanted. So you ended up settling for whatever little breadcrumbs of a friendship or romantic relationship came your way. And sometimes you don't even realize that you're in the wrong place until it is way, way, way too late. So all of these things come under this emotional education banner, but like really not being able to speak up for yourself and to know what you want and to ask for it. Like that is such a basic thing. Like why on earth should we vilify any child for doing that? Why have we been taught that that is such a terrible thing to do? Well, I mean, I know I can get into the puritanical societal reasons why, but if you don't know how to do that, if this is ringing true at all for you, if you are one of the many people like me who woke up as an adult and realized that you had no idea how to do this stuff. I just, for one thing, I want to let you know that you are not alone. I want to let you know that there's not something wrong with you. We were born inherently knowing a lot of things, but we were not inherently born knowing everything. And if you were raised by somebody with an emotional deficit of their own, with no concept of how to teach, with no concept of how to with no concept of any of this and definitely no concept of how to do this stuff for themselves. Like how on earth is that person supposed to teach you anything, right? The only way that we are going to start to make a change in this world is by collectively talking about it, collectively healing it for ourselves and bringing all of this stuff into the mainstream so that someday that this is just normal So someday we will wake up in a society that like, of course, your children are going to, most of them, know how to manage their emotions. They're going to know how to deal with failure and they're going to know how to ask for what they want. Like that right there could solve so many of the world's problems, like just those little things right there can do so much. Of course, I'm not trying to save the world right here. I am trying to speak to one specific person out there that needed this message today. And I really hope that maybe a little sprinkling of this resonated with you. And if it did, I want you to know that you are in the right place. This is the place where we are going to begin together. We're going to work through this together. We are going to work on all of this stuff and on raising our self-worth. Because despite all of this, despite all the things you were not taught, you were born worthy. You were born worthy of respect. You were born worthy of having your needs met. 
and you were born worthy of living a happy life. And there's so much we can do for ourselves to get us to that place. So that's it for today, my beautiful friend. Thank you again so much for being here. And I am so honored to be part of your journey. And I'll be back here in next week's episode.